0: Thanks for your interest in Emmanuel Baptist. Here at Emmanuel, we believe in the one and only authoritative text for guidance, the Holy Bible. We pray that this sermon will speak to your heart and open your eyes to the glory of God. Make sure you plug into your local church and get to know others that love the Holy Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, just like you. Thanks again, and God bless you guys. I'll say something quite obvious here, that we use words to communicate what we're thinking. What's in here, to get it out to, to you, i got to speak it. i got to say it. And I guess it's pretty straightforward, and even though we can be miscommunicated. I remember taking a speech class, uh, I guess, uh, not a speech class, like giving sermons, but just communication class in college, and, and they had a diagram of how we get my idea to in my brain, to your brain to understand. And it's a complicated process. It's about eight or ten steps. I see you're smiling. You've been through that kind of stuff too as a teacher. Just what I'm saying to get the right words and what you hear is right and what you understand. It's, it's, it's amazing we can communicate at all. There's distractions perhaps. We don't hear each other. Uh, the person's not listening at all. Maybe we use the wrong words and just not clear. It, we just have a hard time communicating. And we we try our best. Now, when you think of communication, I got to think of the New York Yankees Hall of Fame catcher, Yogi Berra. He he was a hoot. He said all kinds of things. He he, he used words to communicate, but sometimes it didn't come out right. I think he knew what he was saying, but it just didn't come out right. He was trying to get words out. Now, Here's some things he actually said. These are not made up. He actually said these things. Other people said he said this, but didn't say this. But he said these things. He's talking about a restaurant there in town. No one goes there anymore. It's too crowded. Think about that for a second. I know what he means, but the way he says it, he says a nickel ain't worth a dime anymore. Think about that. Uh, Playing baseball, we made too many wrong mistakes. Okay, okay. Giving directions to his house, he said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. I know what he meant. I, I read the context of that. What he meant in that one is that it comes to four, either way it gets to his house. That's what he meant, but, but it just comes out funny. If the world were perfect, it wouldn't be. Okay. And about baseball again, 90% of the game is half mental. I'm not sure what he meant by that. And this is my favorite one. Always go to other people's funerals, otherwise, they won't go to yours. Now, he's trying to communicate. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to be funny. These are really uh, yogiisms. You know, he was, it's what he really said, and he's trying to communicate, but it just doesn't come out right. Communication needs to be clear. We want to understand each other the best we can, and we try hard to listen and understand each other. Now, how about God? God, is God communicating with us today? As I go through this sermon about God speaking to us, I hope you'll be thinking about what we talked about experiencing God some months ago. It's very similar concepts here. So is God trying to communicate with us today? If so, how do you know? Has He communicated in the past? How how has He done that? See, God has communicated in the past. We see all the Old Testament in particular and does He speak today? And if He does speak today, how does He speak today? And that's what today's sermon is about. It's about God speaking to us today, a word from God by the Word of God. God does speak today. So let's kind of walk through our text in, in John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. Now, before we look at the particular verses, let me kind of paint a picture um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke—the the gospel accounts are called the synoptic gospels in, in Bible studies. That means uh, they kind of see things alike. The, the, they present some similar stories, and they kind of show Jesus kind of the same. They have their own flavor, but John's different. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, as you read that, uh, they're presenting Jesus—the three of them, two of the three—his birth before his birth and then growing up and starting his ministry. And really they're saying, they're showing who Jesus is, this man, Jesus of Nazareth, who he is. And the, the gospel writer is kind of getting you to ask this question, who is this man? You know, He, he does miracles. He, he says things that no one else has ever said. He, he Gives forgiveness, he feeds a multitude, even raises the dead. Who is this guy? And they want to bring you from this human Jesus to understand that he is the Son of God, that he is the Messiah, he is divine. But he kinda, they kind of walk you there from uh, kind of a, uh, a, a bottom up. Here is the human Jesus. Do you see who he is? He's really somebody different. He really is God. John takes a completely different tack here. John takes heaven down. Very first verse, he says, Jesus, implication here, He is God. The very first verse. So he talks about Jesus being deity. Now let's look at His humanity as well. So it's a completely different perspective. So let's see what John says in his prologue, verses 1 to 18. Again, in the beginning was the Word, in verse 1, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, if you know your Bible... Something comes to you, your remembrance or your, or, your, or your feeling immediately. This is Genesis 1:1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I think John, excuse me, doing this on purpose. He's kind of relating this word back to Genesis 1:1. Uh, it just reminds us there. In fact, if you want to turn, you can, or just listen to those first three verses in Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was out form and void and darkness over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. I think any, any Hebrew, for sure, listening to what John has, has written here, is going to be thinking about those three verses in particular, especially verse 1, about this word being part of creation, being there at the creation, being the creator. And if nothing else, verse 1, this word... Was in the beginning with God, and He was God. So when when God is thinking and He's communicating, He's going to use His Word. It's the Word that communicates. And He's saying here that the Word existed before the beginning, because the Word was, is the Creator. The Word is God, the Word is divine. If you have, say, on a board, and you have uh, creator and creation, and there's a line between the two. Creation is not the creator, and creator is not creation. If you draw a line between creator and creation, where do you put the word? The word is on the top, is the creator. That's where Jesus is. We'll get that in a few minutes. There are other groups, like Jehovah's Witnesses, for instance, that believe Jesus is important, but he's part of creation. And that's not what this says here. This says that in the beginning he was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was or is God. Verse 2, he was beginning with God. This Word, verse 1 talks about, is a person. It didn't say it was in the beginning with God, but he was in the beginning with God. This is a person in verse 3, and all this this person here, he, all things were made through him, and without him there's not anything made that was made. That's a fancy way of saying, a nice way of saying it. He he's he's the creator. So God, we see in Genesis 1 is a creator, but the word is a creator. Doesn't sound like logical, but it works. But he, John is saying up front that this divine person, this divine word is a person, he's a creator. He's saying a lot in these first three verses. A lot of Christian theology comes from these first three verses. And then verses 4 through 13, we won't go into those in detail at this moment, but look at some of the words that John uses to describe this word. He uses the word like life like light true light he came into the world but was not known by the world he came to his own in this case a jewish people but his own did not receive him this is how he's describing this word and then i I think a real key verse is, is verse 14 and the word became flesh and dwelt among us that's why i know this is jesus And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. This is Christmas where God takes on human flesh in form of a baby. That's what John's saying here. This word, this eternal divine creator person took on flesh, became a human Christmas. And it says, and he um, came flesh and dwelt among us. Literally, uh, dwelt among us literally means tabernacled among us. Uh, you might say uh, he, uh, he, he pitched his tent, that he lived among us. In fact, the message Bible says it this way that he moved into the neighborhood. I like that. Uh, Jesus. Just didn't, was out there. Now again, think of the Old Testament with the tabernacle in the middle of the camp of all the Israelites, all 12 tribes. Right in the middle was the tabernacle where the presence of God was, the Holy of Holies. He wanted to live in the midst of his people. So this word, eternal word, takes on flesh and pitched his tent among us. He moved to the neighborhood. He is, it says in verse 14, the only God from the Father, full of grace and truth. John is, I mean, I'm going really quick through this. I mean, this these first verse 18 verses, we could spend six or eight or ten weeks preaching on. It's really deep. The way he's presenting who this Word is, who Jesus is, very, very highly, high Christology, they say. The doctrine of Christ, very high. He is the divine Son of God. He is the Creator. In verse 16 and 17, He is grace upon grace, just grace. Puts it on us, grace and grace and more grace. He's full of grace and truth. Verse 18, no one has ever seen God. The only God, meaning this word, meaning Jesus, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. This, this word, uh, Jesus, he is God and he is intimate with the Father. And he has made the Father known. It's, it, Part of Jesus' responsibility was to reveal the Father. That's what the Word does. The Word reveals the Father. The Word word is the speech of the Father. You know who I am by what I say. You know what I'm thinking. You know what my character is by what I'm saying. And we know the character who God is by what He says, and He says it through His Word. Jesus. Now, Jesus is described as the Word from God. Let's think for a second. What does that mean? He he is the Word from God. Well, that implies speech. That implies communication. That implies expressing thought. Now, so often, uh, I know me and Karen do this a lot over our years of marriage, and you have too, I can't read your mind. You know, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but you know, you're, you're not communicating. I'm not communicating. I can't read your mind. And we can't read God's mind unless someone speaks to us. So think of it this way the Father thinks it. The Father, now this is kind of simplistic, but the Father thinks it, the Father plans it, and the Word communicates it. The Word speaks what's in His mind to us. When God speaks, we hear His Word. The prime example we heard, we read in Experiencing God, it's, in fact, it's on the cover, Experiencing God, is a burning bush experience. When Moses sees a burning bush and not being consumed, he goes to it out of curiosity, and God speaks to him. Now, how he spoke to him, was it audible? Was it internal? Uh, it doesn't make any difference. The, the, the fact is, God did speak to Moses, and Moses knew it was God and knew what he was saying. So I think, and if you don't buy this, that's fine. I think that the, the words that Moses heard was the, Mo, was the words of Jesus. It's a word speaking. This is a pre-incarnate Jesus. The, the word of God is speaking to Moses. And Again, experiencing God with Henry Blackaby, he says, you know, you've got to understand that God spoke in the past and he still speaks today you got to understand how important that is, that the Word is speaking to us today. So how did God speak in, in the Bible, in the Old Testament? We speak, spoke in different ways. He spoke through angels, he through visions and dreams, through symbolic actions, things like some of the, the prophets, remember, um, you know, I think it was Jeremiah, did different, did different actions. I think he laid on one side for half a year in the public square, supposed to say stuff. And so... Some of the prophets did symbolic actions. Uh, some, I think uh, Elijah understood God in a gentle whisper. There's miraculous signs like the parting of the Red Sea. Prophets spoke, thus saith the Lord. Uh, the word of God came to me. Other ways we can think of how God spoke in the Old Testament. That God spoke to people is far more important than how he speaks. That he speaks. And did speak is far more important than understanding how he spoke. Now, about the New Testament, the Gospels, well, in the Gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, God spoke through his son. That's pretty obvious. He spoke on behalf of God, and people understood that. When he said, I forgive your sins to the paralytic and others, people were bamfoozled. Who does that but God? That's what Jesus was implying. In Acts and in the early church, God speaks through His Holy Spirit. We see that especially in the book of Acts, but Paul talks about that as well. We, many times, we Christians, we church people, many times live as if God quit speaking personally to His people. At the book of Acts, God stopped speaking. He doesn't speak to us anymore. God clearly spoke to His people in Acts, and I think He still speaks to us today. So, does God, does God speak to us today? I think He does. He clearly speaks to us today by His Holy Spirit. So, again, I want you to kind of remember experiencing God and some of the things we, we said there. How does God speak today? Well, I think pretty much the same way He did in the Old Testament. I think perhaps He speaks through angels and visions and dreams, symbolic actions, a gentle whisper, miraculous signs, prophets. But we learn experiencing God that he speaks to us through the Holy Spirit, primarily, my words, primarily through this book, the Bible. This is also called God's word. That's interesting. So that's why it's so important for us to read God's word and to study God's word and to meditate on God's word and to to listen to God through his word. The Bible, God speaks primarily through the Scriptures. Friends, if you don't know the Scriptures, you really can't know what God is saying. Karen, I've had a discussion a couple times, and one just just last week or so, about God's Word. I, I just think of these denominations and churches, it could be Baptist churches too, other denominations which they don't bring their Bibles to church. Now, I know in some denominations, they have a prayer book or a missal they have during the service for that Sunday. There's lots of Scripture in there. I mean, they have a liturgy, and they read Old Testament and New Testament, and they sometimes get more Bible in a year than we do on the service, but they don't bring their Bibles. There's no need to. I hope those people are reading the Scriptures during the week. I hope you are reading the Scriptures during the week how important it is for us to, to be in God's Word and to study God's Word and to listen for God through God's Word, not just to read the Bible in a year and get it checked off. and That's good, but God speaks to us through the Scriptures. He speaks to us through prayer. As we read God's Word and as we pray, God will give an impression perhaps. God may be, give you a sense of conviction. God may give you a sense of praise and worship because of who He is, what you've read in Scripture. Uh, God may speak to you in an audible inaudible voice, uh, impression, but through prayer, prayer is communicating with God. And as you communicate with other people, it's a, a back and forth in the communication. You know, our Muslim friends, um, they, as part of their religious practices, they pray five times a day, certain times, uh, not on the clock, but uh, during the daylight, morning, and so forth. And, and I think they're very proud of that fact. Hey, we Muslims pray five times a day. You Christians pray on Sundays. You know, how, how, how better we are than you. Well, they may pray five times a day in a formal prayer. Good for them. But we can pray 100 times during the day. Hopefully you do. All during the day, you're talking to God. Not just five times a day. Now, maybe some Christians just pray on Sunday, okay, and that's it. But I hope all of you and me hope we're praying many times. During the day, we can pray more than five times a day. How does God speak to his people through the Holy Spirit, through an inner voice or impression? People have said things to me that that with a little child or a mature Christian, God can impress me and say, oh, I need to do this. Um, It could be through circumstances. That's really number four, circumstances. But inner voice or impression... um, and I think most times we would say that God has spoken to me through his word and through um, an impression, through um, a, a feeling, through a thought. As I thought through this, there's been a couple times during my life um, that I heard the voice of God. Again, I don't mean audibly. He can do that, and I'm sure he does it some people, where I hear words that, that I didn't make up. I think of two in particular. I think one of them I've shared before, I'm not sure. But one of them um, I just kind of heard in my spirit, and it was not just a feeling. Um, Make a long story short, in my preparation, going to seminary, and as I decided to go here first, and then I changed my mind and decided to go to Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, I never never felt a call of God to go to Southwestern. I got there, and about three quarters through the first semester, I heard in my spirit, You're in the right place, son. So it's like after the fact, I was there, that God confirmed it. And it wasn't just a feeling. I heard those words inside. You're in the right place, son. As I've been thinking through other times of my life, and I'm I'm sure I've I've heard, but I don't remember hearing something that didn't come from me that I could hear. In, In the last six months or a year or so, uh, I've been looking at a lot of YouTubes and, and other, other situations uh, and listening to people giving prophecies who some claim to be prophets, some don't claim to be prophets, but God has, has spoken to them, God given them a dream, God given them a vision, and they share these things. And I listen to them, and, and that's interesting. And, uh, and Karen has a friend who God seems to speak to in that way on a regular basis, uh, kind of gives her a word of some sort. And it hasn't really happened to me much. I mean, not really. So I, I remember, I might have told this before, but I remember driving, uh, I guess, from Greene County into, into Lenore County, and I was just thinking and praying, and, and I, I said, well, myself, these people who are prophets, they seem to do a lot of prayer and fasting and worship, and they get a word from God. And, and I said to myself, I guess it is said to myself, uh, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll get a word from God. Maybe I'll get a, a prophecy. And clear as a bell, I, I don't remember the exact word, but from inside, God said to me, I didn't call you to be a prophet. I'll call you to be a teacher. I said, yes, sir. And moved on. That was, it wasn't a feeling. That was words I heard inside. Uh, maybe you've had that same experience. Now, I'm going to say this anyway. One of the time, I remember hearing a word inside that didn't come from God. I was my first church in, in outside Clinton, Mount Vernon Baptist Church. And I was a young preacher, green, two years. I don't know how they put up my preaching. It was terrible, first two years. Didn't know what I was doing. But I got a little more seasoned, about probably my third or fourth year preaching there. I was there seven years. And uh, I was just preaching, just just like now. And all of a sudden, this thought went through my head. Who are you to be preaching to these people? I mean, I I don't, if if people saw me, but, you know, kind of like, a split second, I said, no, God called me to preach. That was a fiery dart from the pit of hell. That's what that was. Paul says in Ephesians 6 "But the fiery darts, that didn't come from God. It didn't come from me. It came from somewhere else. Those words I heard very clearly. But that was the words of the darkness. But there have been times, and I'm going to need to think through some more, which I heard words inside. Not all the words, but I knew, and they weren't from me. God does speak that way. And perhaps God has spoken to you that way, and maybe other ways. The other way God speaks to His people today is through circumstances I mentioned a second ago. God, just think the way things work out. And then I think lastly, God speaks to people through the Holy Spirit, through the church, through other believers. Then we think through the church, we think of preachers, yeah. But, but I think as we talk to each other, and we share with each other. Maybe we encourage, maybe we correct Uh, Maybe we rebuke. Uh, Maybe we praise. I, I I think God uses that a lot more than anything else for those who are involved in church. You hear from God through your relationship with other people, other Christians. You see, friends, God wants to speak to you. He won't speak to you individually. He won't speak to us as a church. God desires to communicate with his children. We want to talk with our family. We we, uh, if you've got, some of you got, got grandkids and, and you want to be with them, you want to talk to them, and you want them to talk to you. We, um, my, my mother, as you know, passed away uh, back in March, and uh, my dad passed away many years ago. So me and Karen, and I think my sister Joan, uh, were concerned about us not being together as much. We came a holidays to mom's house. Well, we can't do that anymore. We want to communicate with each other, not just on the phone, but face-to-face. I think that's natural. We want to do it with our friends and, and our family. And I think God wants to communicate with His children, too. He wants to communicate with you a lot more than what you want to communicate with God. So let's kind of think about how this is applicable to us today. First of all, are you expecting to hear from God? If you're not expecting to hear from God, chances are you won't hear from God. But are you expecting to hear from God? Are you able, are you willing to accept the truth that God does speak today? And that he wants to speak to you. Sometimes what he says is not good. At least it doesn't feel good. Sometimes it's very good. So another thing you can do is pray, Lord, speak to me. Remember in 1 Samuel chapter 3, and little Samuel had been given to Eli, the uh, the priest. And I guess he's, uh, my guess is he's six, seven, eight years old, maybe 10 years old, I'm not sure, but he's living with Eli. And he hears that the Word of God speak his name, and he goes to uh, Eli saying, Here I am, Master. You you called me. He said, No, I didn't go back to bed. You, You know that story. And after two or three times, Eli said, Oh, Next time that happens, it's God speaking. It's not me speaking, it's God speaking. And you say to God, Speak for your servant hears. Your servant is listening. And that's what happened. God was trying to get Samuel's attention, and I think he wants to get our attention too. Maybe we can pray, Lord, prepare my heart to hear you. God wants to speak to you, he won't to speak to us. We need our hearts prepared to hear. Speak, for your servant is listening. Next, commit to daily Bible reading and prayer. i mentioned that over and over again. Uh, I'm not this way, but some of you may like to journal. Write down what you're saying to God or what God's saying to you. I've done that before. I'm just not a journal person. Maybe you are. I, I think there's some real value in journaling, especially as you go through each day and write down something God's saying to you or you're saying to God and And after, you know, look back for six months and kind of look through what God's been saying for six months, oh, oh, I see a theme going on here. Something happens. One of the heroes of the faith is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I hope you know a lot about him. Uh, We need to know more about him. He was a a German um, Christian, theologian, teacher uh, during um, the 30s and 40s. He's one of the few that stood up against Hitler. He and a small group of people. Uh, many in the church, uh, Catholics and Protestants alike, uh, went over and were on, on the side of Hitler uh, during, before the war and during the war and uh, really sold out for different reasons. Bonhoeffer and some of his friends and others did not, and they really uh, countered Hitler and got in trouble for it, of course. Um, but Bonhoeffer and his writings, he sought daily in the scriptures to get a word from God. I don't know how he phrased it, but it's kind of like, I wouldn't say a lost day. It was an unfruitful day if he didn't hear from God in the Scriptures. So he sought God in the Scriptures. And how important that is for him, but for us too. We need to get a word from God. So my my encouragement is to listen for God as you're reading Scripture. He's ready to speak to you now. Now, we have devotional books out here, uh, Our Daily Bread and and there's other things, uh, Open Windows, and I'm not against devotional. And and they're good. It helps. It gives a little thought for the day. But let me encourage you, just get in the the Bible. Read a paragraph. Read three paragraphs. Read a chapter. And, And before you do, just pray to God, speak to me through the scriptures. And read what you're going to read, and then take a minute or two and just think about it. And wait for God maybe to speak to you. I think he wants to speak to you. So much in a rut. I know me. I'm, I'm, I want to read something so I can check it off. I did that today and move on. But s- quiet your soul because God is ready to speak to you right now. We need to listen and let be quiet and let Him speak to us. Next, commit yourself to seek God's Word through the sermon. Now, sometimes we we'll put in the bulletins God's Word for today or God's Word or message from God. Sometimes that's said as a preacher comes up. Here, he's going to bring a message from God today. Well, um, God does speak through preachers as, uh, as uh, fallible as we are, as, as human as we are, and as sinful as we are. God does speak through preachers uh, if they're preaching the Word of God. And again, let me think about Bonhoeffer for a second. Uh, Bonhoeffer was a, a German, and as a young man, he uh, came to America to do some studying at Union Theological Seminary in New York City. He was invited. I think he spent a year there doing some theological studies and, and, and so forth. And, and he went to chapel and went to some liberal churches in New York City. And he said, they got nothing. They're not preaching God's word. I'm not getting anything out of this. He had a black friend there at uh, Union and went to uh, Antioch Missionary Baptist Church in Harlem in, in New York City. And they were lively, you can imagine. And they were preaching God's word. And he said he heard God's word. He, he heard God. Through the preaching of God's word, and he thought again, like kind of like a lost day, if he didn't experience God in His word in His daily quiet time, he figured it was a lost experience on Sunday morning if he didn't hear from God through the preaching, and he did at Antioch Missionary Baptist Church. God wants to speak to you through the sermon. Are you listening? Now, I know we've got one preacher here at least, maybe others, I don't know. How many times uh, have you heard, have all of you heard, well, I didn't get anything out of, the, out of the service today. I didn't get anything out of the sermon today. Well, I think the proper response was, were well, you listening? Because something was there, and something was there for you. If you didn't get anything out of the service, out of the sermon, then time out, check things out. I've also heard a similar thing many times before, and I know Norm's heard heard this too, and maybe you said it. As I've preached a sermon, people leaving, shaking my hand, and giving me encouragement or whatever, or cussing me out, whatever the case may be. Um, Well, Pastor, you sure told them. I want to say, no, I wasn't talking to them, I was talking to you. (laughs) So when you say, you sure told them, Pastor, then you missed it. The The sermon's not for them. The sermon's for you. You with me? God wants you to speak to you, not to them. And along with that, would you commit, I know you have, I know you are, I know you will be, commit to pray for me as your preacher on Sunday mornings here. You see, friends, this, this, this preaching event, we call this, this is only for 20 or 30 minutes on Sunday morning, but boy, it's not yet, you know, it's not just 20, 30 minutes on Sunday morning. It's, 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 it's a preaching event which includes what's happening in the, the pastor's mind and his spirit and his soul. And as he studies during the week, as he crafts a sermon, and, and for the particular time, particular uh, congregation, uh, that's a whole God thing. Um, it's not just Sunday morning. But it's a God thing. It's a God thing as God works upon the preacher during the week and the preacher on Sunday morning. But it's also a God thing as He's working in the congregation individually during the week and come together. I hope that the sermon on Sunday morning is the cherry on top of your Sunday. That you've done, you, you've been with God and His Word, and you prayed and you've had a great spiritual experience, whatever what circumstances are in your life. And, and and you're growing in the Lord and you're feeding on God's word. And when the preacher comes on Sunday morning and preaches, it's just the top experience of the whole week. If this is your only experience with God during the whole week, you're starving. If you're just eating cherries during the week, <laughs> you're not having a good appetite, good, good nutrition. So pray for me. This whole preaching event is a God thing. You see, friends, God wants to speak to his Children, to his people. He has a word for us, and it's through Jesus. It's through the word, the word of God. And back at verse 18 of our text, it's through Jesus that he has made God known. Do you want to know God? Know Jesus. Do you want to hear from God? Through Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're not in the family, if you're not in God's family, it's hard to hear God. And He invites you to come into the family. We skipped over, but I want to spend just the last few minutes in chapter, uh, chapter 1, verses 11 through 13. He came, the Word, Jesus, came to His own, the Jewish people, and His own people did not receive Him. They crucified Him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name. Now, believing is not just thinking, I, I believe what he says, or I believe who he is. But believe is, is, is a trust. It's a giving of your life to him. It is a, it's a, it's an allegiance. It's a full commitment. In his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You Become a child of God through trusting in Jesus who were born not of blood or the will of flesh or the will of man, but of God. This this new birth is is, is a God thing. So he invites you to come into the family by receiving him, and you become part of God's forever family through Jesus. May, May we say something like this, Lord, quiet my heart and my mind and speak. To me. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. And I hear the words of Henry Blackaby echoing in my mind of of knowing and doing the will of God, and and we don't know and we can't do unless we know what it is, and we know because you speak to us. I pray we might hear you. We might get ourselves in a position so we can hear you clearly through reading your word, studying through prayer, through circumstances, through other believers. We thank you that you want to speak to us more than we want to listen. But may you mold our hearts, turn our hearts towards you, prepare our hearts. We might can listen to you and hear you and obey you when you give us a word. We love you. Jesus, thank you for being that eternal word and speaking the word to us.